Good morning, family. Uh, I want you to look to your neighbor. Come on now. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Come on, say, neighbor. You are looking fly in the perception of the Most High. One day we'll go home by and by and see our Father eye to eye. So keep looking fly. Amen? Amen. All right. Just give me one moment here as I get all my stuff ready. So, Okay. So for those who are not here, I'm going to do it previously on Exodus. Okay? So previously in Exodus, uh, we, in chapter 14, um, the children, I mean the Israelites, crossed the Red Sea, and the Egyptians have been submerged in the water. And then chapter 15, the chosen nation of God sung praises of thanksgiving to the Lord. And now the Israelites are out of slavery and bondage and are free to worship the Lord. Amen. So now, um, if you have read the book of Psalms before, there's a passage or there's a phrase that goes as Selah, which means rest or peace, you know. So right now, we're just going to take a moment of Selah and just rest in peace and just meditate on who God is for now, and um, and then we can pray, and we'll get right into the word. All right? Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to say thank you today for the multiple blessings that you bestow unto us every single day. Uh, we all woke up this morning, and that is a blessing in itself. You allow us to breathe every day and to just glorify your name in everything that we do. And Father God, I just pray for everyone in this room who are your children who have been adopted through Christ who died on the cross. Be it if they are heavy burdened or very joy in spirit. Lord God, I just pray that you will use me, a humble servant, a bond servant of Christ, to come here and just um, deliver your word. All I am is a humble servant that is confident that I've heard from you, but I'm terrified to be up here. So I just pray that your spirit will empower me to deliver your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Exodus chapter 16. The entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they had left the land of Egypt, the entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we ate by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted, instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when, when they prepare what they bring in, 
it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, This evening you will know that I you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the Lord's glory, because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued, The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening, and the bread you want in the morning, for he has heard your complaints that you are raising against him. For who are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness, and there in a cloud the Lord's glory appeared. The Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So at evening, quail came down and covered the camp. In the morning, there was layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes in the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? Because they did not know what it was. Moses told them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some little. When they measured by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stunk. Therefore Moses was angry with them. They gathered it every morning, each gathered as much as he needed to eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, four quarts apiece. All the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He told them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil and set aside everything left over to be kept until morning. So they set it aside until morning as Moses commanded, and it didn't stink or have maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you won't find any in the field. For six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they did not find any. Then the Lord said to Moses, how will you... How long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Understand that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he will give you two days' worth of bread. Each of you stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the Sabbath day. The house of Israel named the substance manna. It resembled coronier seed, was white and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. 
two quarts of it are to be preserved throughout our generations so that they will see the bread I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses told Aaron, take a container and put two quarts of martyr in it. Then place it before the Lord to be preserved throughout your generations. As, as the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron placed it before the testimony to be preserved. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they reached the border of the land of Canaan. They used to measure, they used a measure called an omer, which held two quarts. This is the word of the Lord. So today, Exodus 16, uh, we're going to be talking about provision of food and rest. So, verse 1, Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month after the departing out of the land of Egypt. So let's talk about wilderness of sin. Uh, this area is a dry and sandy wasteland in the southern part of the Sinai Peninsula, assuming where Mount Sinai is located. Sin. It is deprived from Sinai, thus the wilderness of sin. Fifteenth day of the second month. About one month had passed since Israel's exodus from the land of Egypt. So I want you to note, just one month had passed ever since they just departed from Egypt. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 to 3. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the, hand, by, by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. The Israelites grumbled against Moses in chapter 16, verse 2, saying, Only if we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we ate pots of meat. Yes, it is necessary for food. There's a, necessi there's a necessity for food, but overall there is a seeking in the satisfaction found in sin. Satisfaction of sin. Remember, Egypt is a definition of the world. At this time, Egypt is known as the powerhouse of civilization, philosophy, mathematics, innovation, stability, etc., the Israelites will rather die with a full stomach in Egypt that is in captivity, bondage, slavery, and captivity rather than being refined, purified, and sanctified in the lone desert with God amongst them. In desperation, we say anything and do anything. Thus, they, the Israelites, said Instead, you brought us into the wilderness to die of hunger. Let us look back to Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And if you get there, say, God is good. Wow, you guys are quick. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He said, if you will 
carefully obey the Lord your God. Do what is right in his sight. Pay attention to his commands and keep his statutes. I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I will not inflict any illnesses on you. This is a promise of overall well-being of health. To be healthy, one must eat, right? So I want all of you to picture desert in your mind. Heat sucks the energy of zeal fueled in hope. However, the coverage of cloud by day shields the deadly rays of weariness, and fire by night is a reminder of that warmth felt with love. Keep a steady pace or be left behind. In the middle of nowhere, all you do is trust. Let's get back to Exodus chapter 16, verses 4 till 5. And if you get there, say, God is good. Verse 4 till 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to eat the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. Verse 4. Times of despair attract the vultures of, of temptation in the wilderness because they, they smell the foul actions of the flesh. This is due to grumbling. We give into temptation and sin to feed that hunger. However, our fattened flesh is eaten by those vultures leaving us empty. Despite our wrongdoings, God is faithful to provide. We stumble and fall, but in those times, God still blesses us. There are consequences to sin, but the Lord still chooses to bless us because of agape love, unconditional love. Count your blessings, as the Como mamas would say, and see what the Lord has done. When God blesses the Israelites, he says, this way I will test to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. Toward the end of verse 4. As mentioned earlier, we stumble and fall, but the Lord still provides. However, in that provision, the Lord says, I will satisfy you, but will you stick to my commands and keep my statutes? Instead of clinging to God's goodness, our roots grow deeper in the world, which blurs our mind with greed, forgetting his commands and promises of provision. Let's touch on bread from heaven. Open to John chapter 6, verses 28 to 31. And if you get there, you know what to say. God is good. God is good. Amen. John chapter 6, verses 28 to 31. What can we do to perform the works of God? 
they asked. Jesus replied, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. What sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you, they asked. What are you going to do? What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. They, the audience at the time, wanted to believe, but they were comparing Moses to Jesus because Jesus did less. To put this in context, they're saying, Jesus, you fed 5,000 with bread, but that was just once. Moses, on the other hand, fed a whole nation for 40 years. Jesus, who is God, shows grace by saying, let's continue to um, verse 32 to 31. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the, is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Indeed, Christ is the bread of life which gives us hope, a hope that is unseen. For the seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. Back to Exodus chapter 16, verses 6 eight and if you get there you know what to say God is good amen God is good amen Exodus chapter 16 verses 6 till 8 so Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites this evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and in the morning you will see the Lord's glory because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued, The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and the bread you want in the morning. For he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Who are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses humbly asks, verse 7. Respect leaders in any kind of authority, obviously with discernment. Even though they go against your ideologies, emphasis on your ideologies, we're selfish and self-mindful. Let's pray for our leaders. We are grateful now not to be under tyrannical rule where our freedoms are stripped from us to worship the Lord. Paul tells us to pray for our leaders in any position, even government. So right now, I'm going to humbly ask to take out your phone or, you know, if you're taking notes, you know, to take that out as well. At this moment, take out your phone, open the calendar, pick a date this coming week, and schedule to pray for anyone you know in a leadership position that needs prayer. For those who go to church here, pray for Pastor Landon. And for those who are visiting, 
please remember your pastor. And if you're feeling a little generous, I want you to put another day in this coming week and just text a friend to just say hi. Just a hint for the person I'm going to be praying for this week. I hope they're doing well. Yeah, it's a very good thing to pray for your leaders, especially those in leadership positions that the Lord calls to do the work because um, the burden that they have to carry, um, only prayer is the only thing that can help alleviate that burden. Why are we called to come? Why are we called? Why are we not called to complain about leaders in, any, in the context of them doing God's will? At the end of verse 8, it reads, It is to God whom you grumble about. God brought the Israelites to the desert out of captivity to this, previous, to this present moment, which means when God's commands and statutes are followed, he guides you through the waters of baptism and through the desert of refining. However, there will be trials and tribulations. Let's open to James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. And if you get there, you know what to say. God is good. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Amen. I just like it whenever you guys say that, you know. It just just sounds right. Amen. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing. These trials are partaking in the sufferings of Christ, as Paul would say in the various letters that he wrote. Denying the works of the flesh is a must. Only by his grace can we achieve this. However, many a times we partake in unnecessary sufferings that lead to an abyss, despair, then sin. Example, being anxious, which I am. Anxiety is worrying about the future that has not happened. We have no control over that. In Screwtape Letters, written by C.S. Lewis, the character Screwtape, a veteran demon, tells his nephew Wormwood, a less experienced demon, let them, that is us, look to the future and miss out the present. For the present is the point at which time touches eternity. The future is, of all things, the thing least like eternity. It is the most temporal part of time. The present 
today is lit with eternal rays. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient the day is its own trouble. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. To put all this together pertaining to anxiety, a poem by unbeknownst, prisoners of time. Perceived as prisoners of time, memories in the, memories in the past are filled with regret, pain, and guilt. Uncertainty of the future brings anxiety. Now, however, is ours and embrace this gift, the present. Christ calls us not to be anxious, but in prayer let everything be known to God. Christ also says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 16 verses 9 till 10. And if you get there, say God is good. Exodus chapter 16, verses 9 till 10. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness, and there in a cloud the Lord's glory appeared. Let us touch on verse 9. God is still faithful to his people. Despite the grumbling, which is lack of contentment, God still tells the Israelites through Moses, Come before the Lord, for I have heard your complaints. We all have complaints. Instead of grumbling, lament before the Lord, which is a passionate expression of grief and sorrow. The book of Lamentations written by Jeremiah expresses this very well. Notice, Lord is in capital letters, L-O-R-D. This is the Jewish national name of God. The Jews held this name as sacred, Yahweh, which means self-existent or eternal. Verse 10 reads, And there in the cloud the Lord's glory appeared. Why does God show his glory? God is showing up to demonstrate his power. There is a law in filmmaking that says, show, do not tell. Directors use the camera to express emotions of an actor. There is no need at times for the actor to say what they're feeling. Using the film language I demonstrated earlier, God is showing his people, I will take good care of you. So, the Lord's glory. In this context, as the reader, we are left with our imagination to roam. But the word will be the foundation and guide. So, let's talk about God's glory. That is his goodness and beauty. What does David say in Psalm chapter 24? No, Psalm verse 27, verse 4, if you can turn there with me. 
And if you get there, say, God is good. Psalm 27, verse 4. Amen. Psalm verses 27, verse 4. David says, I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. The phrase, gazing on the beauty of the Lord. The philosophical definition of beauty is finding pleasure in an object or scenery, sometimes without regard to its purpose. With this definition, what do you find beautiful? Landscapes, art, literature, people, or just being? I find beauty in literature and art because they move me to feel a certain way. They give me definitions to things that I find hard to describe. The novel Fellowship of the Ring, written by J.R.R. Tolkien, made me feel joy, sadness, loss, acceptance, perseverance, and awe. That is why the entertainment industry makes billions, people trying to find meaning and be understood. Again, I will ask, what do you find beautiful, glorify, and talk about like I just did? In the presence of true and pure beauty, there is an overwhelming sense of meaningfulness where the soul finds rest. Let us reread Psalm 27 verse 4 to now add more context on what David is trying to say. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. Let me show you an example of God's glory. Open to Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 till 9. And if you get there, say, God is good. Amen. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 till 9. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing before him. They each had six wings. With two covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one said to the other, Holy, 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 is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doors shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it, 
and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. Only in the face of the Lord, radiant with goodness, can the deepest longing of the human soul be filled. To see God for who he really is, even though one is terrified, they are satisfied. When one experiences the presence of the Lord, you can confidently say, here I am, send me. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 and verses 11 till 13. And if you get there, say, God is good. Exodus chapter 16, verses 11 till 12. The Lord spoke to Moses. No, 11 till 13. Sorry about that. The Lord spoke to Moses. I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you'll eat meat, and in the morning eat bread until you are full. Then you will know I am the Lord your God. So at evening coil came and covered the camp. In the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. As many of you know, quail are a small brown feathered bird. They are known for being a delicious meat and are often hunted as game birds. Scholars say quail flew about three feet off the ground, which made them easy to catch and kill. They came in such great numbers. It may very well have been that they were on their spring migration northward and were exhausted from their flight making it easy for the Israelites to capture them. Let's continue to Exodus chapter 16, verses 14 till 19. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. Then the Israelites, when the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, what is it? Because they did not know what it was. Moses told them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some little. When they measured it by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, no one is to let any of it remain until morning. So here's our first provision. Here's the provision of food, both physical and spiritual. We all need food physically to survive and to carry on the duties the Lord has given us to do. Hunger is a problem in the world. I do not know if any person in this room has experienced hunger to a point of not expecting food the next day. We are blessed to be we are blessed to have a sound mind knowing next week is covered. Suppose provision for food the next day was not certain, like the Israelites. There is a dependence on God for all your needs and truly trust him. Judge Mueller had this utter dependence on God. Let's talk about Judge Mueller. In his later years, 
Mueller opened a big orphanage in Ashleydown, England. It housed many orphans. One morning, the children were hungry and getting ready for school, but there was no food for breakfast. Mueller and the kids sat down, blessed the food that is to come. During the prayer, suddenly there was a knock on the door. On the other side was a baker, and he says, I could not sleep, so I baked bread for the children. The next moment, another knock on the door. This time, it was the milkman. He says, my truck broke down, and I, and I would want to give all the milk to the orphans before it spoiled. It was enough food for the orphans to be filled for that moment in the day. Mueller knew God would provide for all his needs and even the orphans' needs. If you want to bless God's children with the provision of food that is physical, come and serve at the food pantry in Appleton. Every Wednesday at 3 p.m. till 6 p.m. Is David Churchill in the house today? Um, if you have any questions of serving at the food pantry, you can go ask David Churchill. He will give you good information about that. There's just something about seeing smiles on people's faces whenever you give them provision of food that is physical. Back to Exodus chapter 16, verse 17. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some little. He that gathered much did not have too much, and he that gathered little did not have did not need more. Each gathered as much as they needed. An example would be in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 till 9. You don't have to open there. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 till 9 goes, Keep false hold and deceitful words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with food I need. Otherwise, I may have too much and deny you, saying, Who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and steal, profaning the name of the Lord. Second, provision of food that is spiritual. Food is needed every day like breakfast every morning. The word of God is our daily bread to sustain us today. We are humans, and by the grace of God, he comes to our aid. At times, there is necessity to ask for the daily bread, and every day can be different depending on the situation. Daily bread can be boldness, courage, perseverance, strength, peace, and motivation we ask of the Lord. As some of you know, the month of February was rough for me. Oblivious I was for the next two months and numb to all my senses. Purpose was lost to bring God glory the body was fatigued in trying to find rest. The soul was crushed in trying to find meaning, and the spirit was deprived from having fellowship with the Father above. Be it daylight or night, the darkness was imposing and thick, blocking the sound waves of song from a grieving heart to reach the heavenly places. I always reminisce on poems written by unbeknownst in those sleepless nights, the soul is ill. I present to you growing in the knowledge of his will. Long is the night, tired and weary, there is no fight. 
restless turmoil within, the soul is ill. Weakened legs in a helpless bow do kneel. The presence of God, Abba Father, looms. Welcome the embrace and feel. Very joyous about this hope. Consumed by a tranquil mind in bed, but, but loath in grievous strife. Regardless, gratitude towards the most satisfying meal, the bread of life. Back to Exodus chapter 16, verse 20. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stunk. Therefore, Moses was angry with them. This reminds me of the lines from the poem, What More Can I Offer Than To Be, that reads, This fellowship in this utopia, a cracked frame from within, who let in the hellhounds, bloodthirsty and thin, the sniff a foul smell from the, from the decay of the heart, not taken care of in the light of trust. To know if someone didn't obey the laws of the Lord, all you had to do was just walk by their tent and it stunk. A thought going with this, our prayers are to be a sweet aroma to the Lord. Pro, uh, Psalms chapter 141, verse 2. Let's continue to Exodus chapter 16, verses 21 to 22. They gathered it every morning, each gathered as much as he needed to eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, four quarts apiece. And all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. The people collected twice as more. To be sure the people were not breaking the law, the elders approached Moses and told them about this. I actually love this because this is... Um, I love that the elders did this. It is an act of faithfulness to be assured in God's love. Why do the people gather twice as much food? We'll find out. Let's continue to verse 23. He told them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil and set aside everything left over to be kept until morning. The people gathered twice as much food because of the holy Sabbath dedicated to the Lord. The Israelites actually got very creative with making different things out of manna, like baking cakes or boiling. Let's resume to uh, chapter 24 till 28. So they set it aside until morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or have maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath of the Lord. Today you won't find it any, you won't find any in the field. For six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Yet on the seventh day, some people went out to gather, but they did not find any. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? Now, keep in mind this disobedience of falling out of God's rest, even though he offers it today. We will address it later in Hebrews 4. Let's continue Exodus um, 16, verses 29 to 30. Understand that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he will give you two days 
worth of bread. Each of you stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the Sabbath day. So the people rested on the Sabbath day. Now here's the provision of rest. Provision of rest that is both physical and spiritual. What is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is a blessing of rest. The Lord who breathed life in us wants us to rest. Note, the Sabbath is a day as a day was given to the Israelites before the law was established. It was a ceremonial. It was ceremonial for the Jews. God asked the Jews to celebrate the Sabbath on a Saturday, noted on the Jewish calendar, which is the seventh day. What about the church? How does the church celebrate the Sabbath? We are not under the law anymore, but under grace. Paul says in Romans chapter 14, verse 5, you do not have to open there too. One person judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Paul, in summary, is saying we are not to be legalistic about the law. Legalism is a strict, literal, or excessive conformity to the law rather than freedom through grace, illustrated in Romans 14, chapter 14. Not to be legalistic, there is wisdom in partaking in the Old Testament principles like the wisdom books. These are Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, and the Psalms. If the manufacturer, who is God, recommends a day of rest, would you keep it? We work sometimes seven days a week and wonder why am I burnt out or tired. Personally, I take Wednesdays off to get physical rest, which I am blessed. This day is set apart for the Lord in, in his word, poetry, and blues. Obviously, I do work that needs to be done that day. If the Lord calls you to set apart a day physically, to rest and enjoy him, I would recommend it. Second, provision of rest that is spiritual. Let's open to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verses 4 till 11. You're cheating, Joel. You have a solar device. <laughs> Amen. God is good indeed. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 4 till 11. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Again, in that passage, he says, They will never enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news did not enter because of disobedience. He again specifies a certain day, which is today. He specified this speaking through David after such a long time. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has, has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. 
Let us then make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. We rest in Christ because of what he did on the cross. Rest in Christ and do not work for salvation. Do not be like some of the Israelites who did not enter that rest due to disobedience in trying to collect manna on the seventh day. So, when someone asks you, do you celebrate the Sabbath? Is there a specific way you celebrate the Sabbath? Is there a ritual you do to celebrate the Sabbath? After reading Hebrews 4, all you can say is, my rest is in Christ Jesus. The Sabbath is every day because today I have heard his voice and I've entered his rest. Amen. Amen. Let's get back to Exodus chapter 16, verses 30, 31 to 34. James. <laughs> you just like saying God is good, don't you, James? Exodus chapter 16, verses 31 to 34. The house of Israel named the substance manna. It resembled coronier seed, was white, and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Two quarts of it are to be preserved throughout your generations, so that it may see, so that they may see the bread I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses told Aaron, Take a container and put two quarts of manna in it, then place it before the Lord to be preserved throughout our generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron placed it before the testimony to be preserved. Let's stop right there for a second. And it is always a good reminder. It's also good to remember the faithfulness of the Lord in times of hardship. This is so when trials come, there is an, assur there is an assurance in deliverance. Those stories in the trials and deliverance thereafter can be passed on to generations for the glory of God's name. So let's conclude the chapter with these two verses. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years. Isn't God good? Until they came to the inhabited land. They ate manna until they reached the border of the land of Canaan. They used a measure called an omer, which held two quarts. And that is the chapter. So we are going to be partaking in Holy Communion. Um, because of the provision of rest and food that the Lord gives us every single day. So I'm going to ask two fine-looking gentlemen to pass out the elements. Oh, you guys are definitely fine-looking, man. Oh, thank you. Holy Communion, the Passover. The blood of the Lamb is on your doorpost. When death lingers around your door, the blood of Jesus marks you as adopted, which is sons of God. Sustenance in this life full of dread. Jesus Christ is the daily bread from heaven. Tired and weary in pursuing holiness, Christ offers rest because he is our Sabbath. 
I'm going to open to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 25. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and then he said, and he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So before you partake in the bread and wine with me, do this in remembrance of what Christ did on the cross for you. Uh, this life is full of dread and strife, but he offers daily bread, both physically and spiritually, and rest, both spiritually and physically. So as you partake this, as David would say in Psalm 27, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and always remember what he did on the cross for you. Because like the Israelites, we're out of captivity and now we're in the desert and we're going through refining. And once we get out of that refining stage, we will be fine looking diamonds. Amen? So take with a cup and... So at this moment, I'm just going to ask all of us to rise up to our feet. Um, David, way in the back, could you um, could you put? Oh yeah, man, you did it already. Thank you, man. You you are the best. Um, this is a hymn that I love to sing every time I'm feeling distraught, or I'm just feeling very low, and you know life is not really going the way you expect it to. But God is always in control. So we're gonna do a little acapella with all of you guys, and we're going to sing it twice, two times. Actually, let's do it three times. And um, I just want you guys to just sing this song, and with a definition of beauty that I demonstrated earlier, um, just try and gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and, um, and just enjoy him in this present moment. You guys ready? So we're going to sing this song. I'm going to keep some time with my shakers, and just sing to the Lord, worship his name, and we'll, everything will be all right. We ready for this? <clears throat> Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. 
and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace one more time turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things over will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace numbers chapter 6 verses 24 to 26 may the lord bless you and protect you may the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord look with look with favor on you and give you peace. Amen.